Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us for another Soul Talk. We're inviting you into our home. Bill, usually you and I at the end of the day kind of check in with each other. How was your day? What was your peak? What was your pit? Where did you sense God today? And today when you came back from a meeting with a pastor, you said, oh, I, I just am so blessed that I get to do this. I just love being a part of a pastor's life and how I got to be in a holy moment there and be used by the Lord in a really fulfilling way. And normally I would have kind of unpack that with you and kind of well tell me more but we couldn't because we had an appointment we needed to get with and we didn't have time to talk like we normally would and would want to so we decided well we'll we'll have that conversation now that we didn't get to have and share it with our listeners so tell me more bill tell me more about what you're thinking and feeling and experiencing in relation to your appointment today i just think it's amazing how god uh pairs people up in ministry mm. and yeah. how I get to help someone uh, so often who I really relate to their story and I get to be that wounded healer. And so one of the common themes along these lines is I talk with people who are overly responsible and need help with their personal soul care. And so this, this conversation was like that. And so uh, I just, just, this pastor just felt like I'd been reading his mail. Like I mm-hmm. just um, so understood his personality and his struggle and just even his childhood. I was able to put words to what he was experiencing and just the, uh, the stress and uh, anxiety and uh, self-condemnation that mm. go with how overly responsible he is. So as you listened to him, you heard these things and you felt empathy for him because you know how he, how it feels because you're, you were relating, you were feeling like you're, you're similar. Yeah. And like so many of the people I talked to, he hasn't had experiences in counseling or therapy or spiritual direction before and probably wouldn't be meeting with somebody for that, but is meeting with me because of the the pastor-to-pastor way that we do it and the ministry of soul shepherding and just the organicness of that uh, made it feel accessible to him. So I'm wondering, it sounds like you felt some fulfillment in that the work that you have done personally, you were able to give him benefit of. Yeah, because I've been on a, a long journey with my own recovery from being overly responsible and that's still probably true true of me, but I've experienced significant healing and freedom. And so, so you had you had empathy for him, but you also had vision and hope for him, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I know the lay of the land, where where he's come from and where he can go. And so I was able to, uh, as we say, give him language for his his feelings and his faith and how to how to integrate those in his discipleship to Jesus and in his ministry. So what, what were some examples of some of the ways that you were able to offer him help and hope? Well, it's so like I typically will ask, ask people, so tell, tell me about your childhood. or uh, So I know this has a long story for you and the same 
sort of burdens that you're feeling now uh, go back to how you were raised and your early formation or um, listening to him and um, realizing, you know, I'm hearing, hearing a lot of judgment in your uh, self-judgment in your voice there and just you're you're frustrated with yourself really really you're even angry with yourself you just you're impatient that you're you're not uh m- more capable in this area was he surprised that you saw that and that you would highlight that yeah because he, he didn't even realize in that moment that he because he was this is what happens to all of us we get, we get caught in our personality mm-hmm. unconsciously yeah and we don't we don't know what's happening and so when I pointed that out, I said, well, hold, hold it there. Let's just pay attention to your tone of voice there. Do you hear how you, you were talking there? Can you hear the, the anger towards yourself and your needs and, and your emotions? Can you, can you hear the impatience that you have with yourself there, the criticism? I said, I, I feel sad for you about that. And he would respond. He was sort of uh, caught, almost like a... A, a deer in headlights, but in a good way because he he, he was seeing something he needed to see, and he he felt me seeing him. Mm-hmm. He felt seen by you in an understanding and compassionate way, and he was like, "Oh, I didn't even realize that." And and, he, and then he was sort of like, "Oh, here here we go again. This is what we you keep helping me see this uh, because it's 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 a journey." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was he discouraged that it's a journey? Uh, there's some of that because as perfectionists, we, we were like that. We want to be further along than we are. And so he's very much uh, struggling with that, that part of it. But what I said to him, you can't be anywhere than where you are. And of course, this is who you are. And this, this is how your personality has been shaped. And so really the good news is, is that you're, you're realizing this and you're starting to catch yourself. So even though in that moment in the conversation with me, he didn't see what I saw, uh, there were something else that he shared with me where he was realizing what was happening in the moment and that he was slipping into that path of over-responsibility and it was weighing on him and depressing him and depleting him because we, we've been talking about that over the months is, is different times that he and I have talked. So he's waking up to that, it sounds like. Yes, he's waking up to that and then so... What I, I said to him, and this is, these are recurring themes. There's a, a number of conversations I've had with, with different leaders that are very similar to this one. Yeah. So I, I said to him, you know, what you need to celebrate here is your, your growing self-awareness and your, your growing uh, and developing your observing ego. That's what we call it as psychologists, that you're, more than ever before now, you're able to watch yourself, not in a, just like in a judgmental way, like a police uh, a cop going after you, but like with gentleness and uh, compassion. More and like that's maybe a, a coach that's trying to help a golfer with their swing. Yeah, because the, the coach is, is uh, with you and watching you and experiencing the game with you. And then we'll maybe, uh, af- after the swing, pull you to the side and how'd you feel about it? And uh, what did you notice about it? And well, here's what I noticed. And uh, then that helps us to adjust our swing, adjust what we're doing on the field. So you've been seeing his, his eyes become more open to 
his over-responsibility into what it's costing him, it sounds like. Yes, and over the course of the conversations, he's internalizing my voice and my care. Mm -hmm. And see, this is what happens when we talk with a spiritual director, is the posture of, of empathy, the, uh, the curious questions, the, the patience, the gentleness, presence. The, the sense of presence, mediating God's presence, mm-hmm. because it's a, it's a prayerful empathy. Uh, it's, it's, we're dr- drawing people to Jesus. This is how we train our spiritual directors. And so when you talk with someone like this, you have a, um, a good opportunity to experience God's presence through that and then to internalize that so that you develop that more compassionate observing ego, uh, internalized parent that begins to watch yourself in life as your personality uh, unfolds or reacts, but then to, to have a compassion about that. So that now, now what was unconscious and you were reacting to, n- now you're seeing and you can make different choices. So are you able to treat yourself with the gentleness and kindness of Christ when you're in that over-responsibility, like you're able to, to treat him and other pastors that you meet with in that situation? Sometimes no. And that's the hard thing is it's, it's easier to be gracious with somebody else than with my own self. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure uh, many of our listeners can relate to that. But uh, oftentimes, yes, mm-hmm. I am able to yeah. agree with God's grace and uh, have a, a self-awareness that, that's, that's calm and relaxed and uh, gentle and gracious and yeah and, and it seems like some of those times when you're awakened to it and you're able to be in God's grace with it you'll even come to me and process it with me which is always a gift to me well and I especially do that when I'm I'm not giving myself patience and compassion and kindness you need it from me yeah and I I know the Lord has that for me and so uh, often I can recalibrate around uh, a prayer or scripture meditation or just my, just my knowing that Jesus, this is not the voice of Jesus. Uh, but, uh, but over the years, I've seen you grow in being able to be more gracious to yourself. Yes, and that, that's come through the, through the discipleship process that's in a, a soulful, soul care way and integrating relationships with that, uh, talking with my spiritual director or friend or talking with you and then receiving that empathy and that grace till that gets internalized inside of me. That's how it works, is that that's sort of a relational process. And a lot of people don't realize that, and that's why it's normally not enough to uh, read a book or listen to a talk to change, though that's very helpful, probably an important part of the process to get, get some insights, have some things modeled to us. But the way the way the work really happens in, in a deepening, freeing, healing way is when we engage in a relationship and deal with our, our trust issues and sort of allow our personality dysfunctions to manifest in that relationship. And then as the, the our friend or our spiritual director is experiencing that, uh, then they can help us uh, make some changes and some shifts with that. But it's a vulnerable thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So were there any triggers in you in listening to him today? Uh, well, I probably wouldn't use the word triggers because that implies like it was a, a trauma or something like that. But there were definitely memories that surfaced in me. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was 
a, a really blessed experience in that the memories that triggered in me were were positive. Because so, I like an example. I often will ask people. So, so when you, because I like to help them to get out of this uh, self judgment, self criticism, uh, internalizing of anger, uh, overly responsible mode. I'll try to help them connect with their inner child. Uh, I like to refer to this as the child of their history and of their heart today. And so uh, one of the ways I'll do that, I say, well, do you have any, any pictures of yourself as a child that you like? And, uh, well, why don't you get one of those and look, at, look into your eyes as, uh, as a boy there or as, as a girl? And what do you see and what do you feel? And, well, was there, was there a name that you, um, a nickname that, that you liked that somebody used for you? Well, what, what is that? And very interesting how people answer that question. And uh, sometimes there's some, some painful things that they were mm-hmm. called mm-hmm. by somebody. And, but oftentimes there's a special name that somebody had and they haven't thought about for a long time. Yeah. Sometimes when they tell me this, they start crying because they, they felt so loved. And so it's like they're introducing me to a memory and a relationship with that memory, mm-hmm. a, a parent or a mentor or a coach, uh, but also to that, that part of themselves today, that, that yeah. little boy or little girl today. And so it's a very sacred moment, very, very bonding and intimate. And uh, so in this particular conversation, that was part of it. And it just spontaneously just reminded me of my mom and my, my grandma and, and one of my coaches that called me Billy when, when I was a boy and how I just felt loved. And uh, it was an affectionate name. When my coach used it, it maybe wasn't as affectionate as it was uh, encouraging. And uh, all of his, his energy and confidence in me uh, and his exhorting of me was behind that. And so that was my football coach. And so, and probably because my mom had called me that oftentimes when she was pleased with me or expressing love to me. And my, my grandma, when she was uh, spoiling me in lots of different ways, would, would use that. So, yeah, that just put my shoulders back and my head up and put a smile on my face. And so that spontaneously occurred to me as I was listening to him. And this is one of the gifts of, of being a spiritual director or a soul friend is that because the work is so personal and so deep, uh, even even when we're focused on the other person because uh, we're giving them empathy and we're helping them, it, it still is very personal to us and it, it reminds us of experiences. And so that's why it's so helpful what you're doing, Christy, to ask me. So how did that feel for you? And well, tell me more about that. And what does this remind you of and, uh, from, from your own life? Because in this very personal work of soul care, we're investing ourselves in that. Mm-hmm. And so... The opportunity to then unpack that experience, while of course protecting the confidentiality of our friend or our client, uh, it, it it's, can be further bonding for us and healing for us, so we don't get backlogged, especially when it when we are triggered mm-hmm. with something that is traumatic or upsetting, because that will happen too when we're very very um, close and to listening to somebody who's vulnerable with us. So you had a picture of little Billy on your desk for quite a while, and you were. You were working on this very thing. Yes, and I, I worked into it a prayer. It was a, a derivative of Brennan Manning's prayer, Abba, I Belong to You. It's in his book, Abba's Child. And that uh, breath prayer really impacted me. It was, it was This was maybe 20 years ago, the early years of learning breath prayers and practicing that as a, as a spiritual discipline. 
And so in one, one retreat that I was on many years ago, I was praying that prayer and I wanted to make it more Jesus-centered because uh, Jesus helps me to uh, tangibly see and experience God's fatherly love. And so I developed the, the prayer that's in Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. And as for a very special prayer to me, it's uh, Jesus embraces me in Abba's love. And just um, breathing those words in and out, Jesus embraces me in Abba's love. And when I pray that to, to see let the, the, the gospel stories of Jesus and the children just uh, come to life in me and put myself in that story and see Jesus' smile and his affection and his arms open and, and receive that like the way my dad was with me as a little boy and we're, we're wrestling and or he's saying, hey, hey, Bill, you want to go to the hardware store with me? Or, hey, let's, uh, let's go play catch. And uh, that feeling of being wanted and being, being seen. And so seeing that, that that's the way Jesus was with people in the Gospels, and especially with the children. That's the way he is with me now. And so receiving that smile, and then smiling as I pray it, because even if I don't feel happy yet, I have a reason to be happy. And so that, that prayer has meant so much to me over the years, and so I get, I get to share that with people. So that's another example of this ministry where when you get to overflow. Yeah, you've experienced the power of that and how helpful that's been to you. And so then now you're getting to, to serve and invite somebody else to do that, share that with somebody else, because you know it's going to be helpful for them too. Yeah, so just as God's grace has reached into my heart and personality and, and brought uh, uh, healing and growth, then so also I can overflow with that to others and so that's the honor and the joy of being a wounded healer for people yeah well thank you for sharing with me and processing with me your experience is there anything else that you want to share i think just encourage our listeners that wow in your relationships whether it's with uh, someone in your church that you're discipling or or, or teaching about the christian life or in, in your home with your, your your kids or other family members or in a small group or in, in mission work, so many different aspects of ministry. It's it's about relationship. And as we are, are caring for people, leading people, focusing in on opportunities for lingering conversations where we lean in with empathy and we ask questions and we draw people out. And especially if you're a spiritual director or a coach, boy, the opportunities that we have for this more intimate relating and this more... Um, prayerful listening and this soulful way of discipling people it's such an important ministry and it can be so fulfilling because wow it's like god is repurposing my life uh, my spiritual formation journey and including my my mess ups and dysfunction and and brokenness and wounds and ways that god has been working in my life to to reshape me and to bring healing that's present when I'm with other people, mm-hmm. even if I don't tell them the story. Right. So in this yeah. particular conversation, I didn't share any of my story right. with him because I, I, was, I was the listener. But, but my story was very present for me and, and for the Lord, and, and, and the Lord used that to help me ask the right questions to understand what he might be feeling. And so I was able to 
very readily put myself in his shoes, not, not like assuming I knew just what he felt, and I didn't want to make the mistake of sympathy, like we teach our spiritual directors that we're training in our certificate program. Well, you, you want to stay with empathy. Don't, don't go into sympathy. Sympathy would have been, oh, I know just how you feel. When I was a kid, this is what happened to me. And it's like, well, it might not be just how he felt, and it's taking the focus off of him and putting it on me. And so I, while my story is present for me, I don't need to bring it into the conversation. Sometimes right. I, I might, if the Lord leads, uh, but always bring the focus back to the person that, that's I'm supporting. Uh, but I didn't need to do that. It seems like your experience was informing your empathy for him and your ability to be able to validate his experience and his emotion. And also it seems like your experience was giving him a vision and hope for growth that you've experienced and freedom. Well, yeah, because I'm standing inside my my life and my my person and my growing maturity in Christ likeness. That's what we where we all are in life. We may maybe don't realize it or think about it that way, but I'm standing inside this self that I'm becoming in Christ, and from that place, I'm just continually asking, "How would I feel if I was Him? What would I be feeling right now? Uh, what what would my experience be? What would I be needing?" and and then I'm, I'm asking the Lord quietly, prayerfully, just now and again, shooting up a little prayer, even beyond words, just in a disposition of, of trust and, and listening to God as I'm listening to my client in this case. And the Lord helps me to hear what somebody might be feeling or needing or, or see what they're missing that I need to ask them or suggest or, or sort of what, what pathway of conversation might be most helpful f- for them. And so... That's really rewarding is I do that. And then it, it helps me to not only empathize, but as you say, to have a, like a hope or, or a vision for what's possible because I've experienced some growth in this area. I'm still on the journey myself, but I've had enough, enough freedom and healing and, and growth and gentleness and grace and uh, not being crushed by responsibility that it, it really enables me to lead people into that. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter to the full light of day, the proverb says. And so holding out that hope for people. Well, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for the way that you use all of our story. And thank you, Lord, for the way that you're at work with us. And so, Jesus, we just... We just thank you for the way that even you welcome the children and love and delight in the children and for the invitation that you're giving each one of us today to join you in that and to welcome the little child in us into Abba's embrace of love. Help each one of us to join you, Lord, in receiving your care for our souls and continue your good work in us, growing us, and filling our cups so that then we can overflow to those that you bring for us to journey with in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The biggest joy is when we get to be with you, if we could speak at your church, or best of all, have you in our institute. We would just love doing the five-day retreats with you. and uh, having We have a you couple our... new cohorts of those starting this year, too. So check those out at soulsharpening.org. And you can earn a certificate in the Ministry of Spiritual Direction, uh, which is a, a life-changing ministry for you and the people around you as you learn how to really listen with empathy 
and guide people with spiritual wisdom uh, in, in things like the Christ stages of faith uh, from uh, Journey of the Soul and really understanding how what stage are people in and how to listen differently and how to care for them where they are and how to guide them uh, in their journey of discipleship. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 